0: Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. I'm Ross Levitan with Brandon Pillar and we are officially in the week of hockey. That's right, exhibition games start Tuesday through Thursday and Saturday the real thing we'll be here every step of the way to get you set but we thought you needed some insight from somebody who's been around the game for years we mentioned on twitter only four players in nhl history have more shorthanded goals than this man he's been an analyst we love having him it's dave Poole and he's joining the locked on senators podcast today and we get to a whole lot with him all that and more this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day Today is Monday, July twenty seventh. Pillsy, we made it to the week of. I honestly didn't think we were going to make it. Like
1: I remember in mid April when we started running out of uh, ideas for teams to draft uh, in our podcast of all time best sends or toughest sends and uh, all the fun stuff we did. Once we best ran out of
0: defensive the- defenseman,
1: yeah, best defensive defenseman. We did like we went all over the map for you guys, and I thought we were going to run out of content. Somehow we're here, bigger, better than ever. We got great interviews. You guys love the Craig Button interview. You're going to love Pooley. Uh, a lot of great insight there on some Sens-related stuff and the upcoming playoffs, which, or play-in, sorry, which I'm so excited for.
0: Yeah, Pillsy. it's been 138 days since the Sens and Kings paused the NHL season. They were the last ones to, to skate off an NHL ice surface until, well... This week, But sports, they're already officially back because I had a heartbreaking gambling loss yesterday. The Jays up two in the ninth inning. You kidding me? So when they made it one, I had the minus one and a half. So, you know, you're like, okay, they're, they're winning by one. Let's let Tampa tie this up and then get two in extra innings, especially with the guy starting on second base. You think two might be a little easier to get. And then what happens? They blow it again. Unreal. Because they got the run, so they ended up being back up one, and then Tampa just went off. So anyways, not mad, just disappointed, but I'm ready for gambling season. You had your crack and bet, the cashed, which is unreal. So you're on the right track. I need some of that voodoo. And just so you guys don't make the same mistakes as us, I think Pooley gave us some pretty good insight, a couple dark horses to watch. Um, out of the last two teams, Chicago or Montreal, who he thought had the better chance of upsetting, be it Edmonton or Pittsburgh. So maybe listen to Pooley
1: and not us. Tough luck with the Jays there. Yeah, I really love talking to Pooley. He's uh, so candid, Ross. You know him well from uh, working with him on Leafs Lunch. So I think we should just get right into it and let these guys enjoy this interview.
0: But before we do that, we got to tell you about rockauto.com. I actually used them the other day, Pills. It was really sweet, easy, no hassle. I just went onto their website, their catalog. Work so well on my internet, on on the computer. My my phone may have fallen off my ninth-story balcony, but we're still working on the laptop. I wish Rock Auto had a new screen for phones, as well as we know they have every auto part that you could ever hope for. Pilsy, they got engine control modules, they got brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet if you need that. And when you think engine control module, you're like, wait, how am I going to go pick that up? But it's so easy because rockauto.com has an easy, well, they just ask where you live. And guess what? It's delivered directly to your door. It's unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can choose all the parts available for your vehicle. Make sure to pick the brands, specifications, and prices you can prefer. You sort however you'd like. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low. And they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Look, this might sound like a redundant question, but I'm serious. Why would you pay up to twice as much for the same parts? It doesn't make any sense. So go to rockauto.com right now for all your car part needs, and you can see everything that's available for your car or truck. All that we ask is when you're logging out, just put locked on. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. We've made it clear, Pillar. They have amazing selection. They have reliably low prices, and they have every part your car will ever need. It's a one-stop auto shop. It's rockauto.com. All right, here he is, Dave Poulin. We now welcome a very special guest. This former NHLer played in 853 games over his 13-year career, and that included 129 during the Stanley Cup playoffs. He won the King Clancy Award for Leadership was captain of the Philadelphia Flyers for seven seasons and has a Selkie to his name too. But that's no surprise since there's only four players in league history with more shorthanded goals. Pilsy, how's this for a list? Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Steve Iserman, and Mario Lemieux. You might've heard a few of those guys, eh?
1: What a category to be in there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you what. Yeah, go ahead. Pretty esteemed category to be in and, I laugh humbly because percentage-wise on career goals, I lead that list because they all had about a million more goals than I did. (laughs) Wow,
0: coming in with the hammer there! And then once you're done playing, you went back to Notre Dame, your alma mater, before getting as a head coach, before getting into the NHL management world, and now you heard the voice all over TSN radio, his analysis all over TSN, all their platforms. And I've had the pleasure of working with them too. Dave Poulin, welcome to the Locked On Senators podcast. Thanks for joining us, man.
2: My pleasure, gentlemen. My pleasure. Didn't mean to mess with the introduction. But no, get I love it. In there. Anytime, one defensive point against all those offensive players. Anytime
0: you're going to put the hammer down and say you more than belong in that category. Hey, you're first in uh, shorthanded goals per game. We want to hear that. And We also want to get into a ton of playoff storylines. But first, of course, being the Locked On Senators podcast, I want to know, Pooley, what do the Sens need to upgrade most to, to be in the conversation when we're talking about playoffs and beyond?
2: Well, I, I, I think it's just time. I mean, I think that's what you're looking at right now. I think the track that Pierre Dorian has them on is, is, a, is a very, very solid track. And, you know, with the number of incoming young kids, I really like a lot of their players. And, you know, I think DJ Smith has done a great job of setting the tone. We go back to the exhibition game against the Leafs at the start of last year. And, the way the Senators came out in DJ Smith's first games as a head coach in the National Hockey League, I think really set the tone for the way he wanted to play. And once you get that set, then there's no choice for the new guys coming in. And so, you know, some of the corner pieces in place, a lot of teams would like to have corner pieces like Brady Kachuk, like Thomas Shabbat, and, you know, and a number of other guys that go with them. But they've got some anchors there. Um, I think they've done a real nice job in Belleville. And, you know, I think they're on the right track. Now,
1: Pooley, uh, you know a little thing or two about leadership as you were the captain in Philadelphia for seven seasons. What level of importance should be placed on the Senators naming a captain prior to next season?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be that worried about it with a team this young. It it happens organically. And, you know, and one of the young kids steps up and, and takes over the room and commands that position. But I don't think it's really necessary at this point to force it on someone. And you'd like it to be someone that's going to have it for a number of years. And, you know, if you can have a good run with it, and what's that right now, five, six, seven years in the National Hockey League. So I think they have some nice candidates. I think both the players I mentioned are good candidates. But to say that one or the other is ahead right now, yeah, I think I'd let it happen. I'd really let it flow and see what, see what comes out of the locker room and what comes out of the on-ice play. Well, you
0: mentioned the long-term deal, having Shabbat just entering that eight-year contract that he signed in the following season. He's locked up long-term, but we actually just had a friend of yours as well, Craig Button, on, and he said, whether there's a C on his jersey or not, Brady Kachuk is a captain already. So with that being said, and we've already clarified that their time is to come, despite the pieces that may already be accumulating throughout the organization. Do you think, I mean, it's no surprise or secret that, goaltending has been a bit of an issue since Craig Anderson um I mean understandably with age has regressed a little bit so do you think maybe they should wait I know there's a lot of rumors that maybe Robin Leonard or one of the goalies on the market I know Braden Holpe's contract is up do you think it's better that they wait until after next season when Nielsen and Hogberg both their one-way deals will be over and then readjust at the goaltending position
2: I would wait um and and I say that you know, with a great deal of respect for Craig Anderson and what he's done, I think I still think you know he could be a factor in this. But you've got to figure out what you have there with the young goalies. Is one of those players going to step forward and grab it? Is a Marcus Hoberg going to grab it? You know, and you look at you know is it Philip Gustafson who's going to be a, a factor? Joey Decor could be in the mix somewhere along the line. So I think having that much depth and that much young depth, I, I would simply wait it out. I would you know see what Nielsen brings back this year, see what Hogberg can do. And and you've still got a nice situation in Belleville with a, a good group of young players there. I would be on the weight program right now in that.
0: Yeah, I like that. And Pilze and I both work in Belleville for some of their home games. And just watching Joey Decord, you can tell his dad is a goalie coach. Like the technicality, is so good with him. I think he, for a seventh round pick, might be number one on that uh, prospect rankings to who's going to develop. And then they also used a second round pick on Mad Sogart, uh, definitely a few years out, to say the least. But there is some something building there. They might need a stopgap in between. But with goaltending, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And that's what I wanted to transition into the play-in series. And the storyline that I'm every day looking at, who's got the net in New York? with the Rangers, a team that um, maybe wouldn't have even gotten in the playoffs had it been the normal 16 team, uh, although they were on the right track and getting guys back like Mika Zabanjad from injury. But Sisterkin really took over the net. Do you see it as a situation where you go back to Lundqvist just because, you know, you have the respect, the longevity, and he was 3-0 and against Carolina this year? Or has Sisterkin really taken over that job and will be the guy?
2: I think that'll be one of the most interesting questions coming out of the next week. And in in the East, I think that's the series to watch. I think I think that's the one that the Rangers I think have a real shot at. You brought up the net, and the net would be the question on both sides of the equation. Does Carolina have the goaltending and Peter Mrazek and James Reimer, and who is going to play net for the New York Rangers? Now, pretty nice situation to have to say, you know what, we might have three guys that could win the series as individuals. And I think Lundqvist being 3-0, I do think I do think Hank gets the start. I really do. And as much as the the other two guys are the goalies of the future there, which how it all plays out, you know, who you're protecting in the expansion draft. However, all of that shakes out, I think it's Hank's net to start with.
1: Going back to the trusted veteran. Um, so taking into account the long pause we've had here, we just kind of touched on goalies a little bit. Throughout the league, are you expecting a higher than normal scoring rate? Like, is, is the defense and the goalies, are they going to be uh, rusty and the offensive players are just kind of kind of feast here? Or how do you see um, the, the circumstances playing into the scoring rates uh, with these play-in and playoff series coming up ahead?
2: You know, I think that's a great question, Brandon, because as I'm watching the highlights flow in from around, you know, the various camps, boy, oh boy, the offenses are rolling. And I watched a Calgary highlight package that was just ridiculous with offense. And, you know, as, as anyone will say, okay, are you happy with the offense or are you really mad at the defense and the goaltending? And it seems to me that offense comes quicker. It just, you know, and the offensive guys will argue, no, I really don't have my timing and stuff. But but I think it it, it happens faster. And the one team that said, boy, we really had trouble scoring in, in our scrimmage. Maybe our defense is, is better right now. Or, and I was laughing to hear it was the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it was John Cooper bemoaning the fact that they couldn't score goals. And if you're talking about a team that you're not factoring that in, I think it's Tampa Bay. But the attention to detail on the defensive side of things, Toronto's really been hammering away at that. Sheldon Keefe has been just hammering away on that point. You know, as have the other teams around the league, because right now, I think we're still in the summer hockey mode and offensive hockey rules in summer hockey.
0: Well, of course, everything's magnified in Toronto, but it was back-to-back scrimmages, Pooley, scrimmages, and everyone was talking about maybe we'll see Jack Campbell in in the play-in series when I think everyone can agree Freddie Anderson's probably the most important player on this Maple Leafs team. You mentioned which matchup you're more, most intrigued by. I'm going to ask you, since we'll, we'll say that's your East one, how about out West? Is there one in particular that stands out for you?
2: I'd watch Arizona and Nashville. You Do,
0: you know? think and Na- Do you think Nashville has enough offense? Like Yossi led that. T- it was almost like an Eric Carlson Sens team where you have a defenseman so far ahead of everyone else in points.
2: I don't. I don't, I don't really like the makeup of Nashville, and I don't, I'm not sure Nashville likes the makeup <laughs> of Nashville. But, you know, coaching change, you know, fairly late in the year with, with John Hines coming in. And, you know, it's funny because I'm a basketball fan. I watch the NCAA tournament. You always look look for what matchups in that first round. And and through no fault of my own, I've chosen two 11 versus sixes. And, you know, and that's a pretty widespread to pick. But both the 11 seeds, Arizona and the Rangers, I think, are going to be really tough outs in this short series.
1: I'm with you on those ones. Puglia I think they've got the upper hand there so you also talked about how um, you think the offense is going to come out flying so uh, to me that's a note to bet the over on all these games but who do you think out of all these great offensive players we have coming into these series who do you think is really going to break out and cement a name for themselves and they're going to be remembered for how they played in the COVID Cup (laughs) cup, uh, series that they're going to be the one guy who everyone said wow they elevated their game.
2: So you're asking me who's going to be the Bryson DeChambeau of the <laughs> NHL play-in rounds?
1: Exactly, you know,
2: exactly. Who used who, – you know what? And I, I actually asked this question on air to a couple people on radio. And and Craig Button had one of the best answers of who he thought could come back after four months off and change an entire playoff series. But it's not a player playing in the play-in round. okay. Okay, and I'll I'll share it with you because I thought it was a brilliant choice, Jamie Ben. Okay,
0: night. Nice. Did you see? There's he doesn't know how or why, but there's a cardboard cutout of him among fans in the Texas Rangers behind oh, home great. plate. A few of the MLB players. But what what about him? And of course, we don't even know who their matchup is. Dallas being a round robin team. Out West he kind of reminds me of Brady Kachuk in a way, just like built for the playoffs. But maybe in the past he's had more points than he has this season. Is is that maybe a part of it? He's he's had that motivation to get back to the
2: level he once was. I think so, and I think he's taken a lot of heat in that organization, you know, for what's gone on, and and maybe some of it rightfully so. But he's the one who set his own standards, and you know, I just think he's a guy. And when Craig said it, I was like, wow, that's a great choice. Because I'm trying to think of, you know, the question you ask: who of these play-in rounds, you know, can really, really emerge? We talked about the goaltending in New York, and I think that's, you know, that's really, really evident. Is one of these young Maple Leaf superstars going to absolutely put his stamp on it right now? Is Austin Matthews, you know, is Mitch Marner, is William Nylander going to really, really take another step to a different level as, as well as they've done, you know, in both the regular seasons and, and they've played fine in the playoffs, but is someone going to step out and say, wow, is there going to be a wow factor? Um, you know, flipping over to the West, I I'm looking for Quinn Hughes and, you know, and I, I really drilled down on Quinn Hughes a lot with the Kale McCarr conversation, the back and forth and his game just continually got better through the year. And he was a dominating player a lot of games that I would flip on late. Just his entries were so good. I, so I would I look for Quinn Hughes in the West. I mentioned Kale McCarr. He's not obviously playing in these as well. But of the guys playing, maybe one of the young three stars in Toronto or maybe Quinn Hughes in the West would be guys that would step forward.
0: Did you uh, just, I guess an aside, but do you think that Quinn Hughes just ran out of road with the pause in the season? Cause I thought he was on track to catch or maybe even pass McCarr uh, in the, in the Calder, but I mean, it's not like it's been decided, but I think McCarr is still probably the favorite in that race.
2: Yeah, I think he is too. Although I, I do get an official vote and I did vote for Quinn Hughes on that. So I think that's good for you. That could be the closest race. Yeah. And you know, McCar, I think, was benefited a great deal, guys, by coming in late last season and getting a taste of it. So his last summer was probably spent very differently from Quinn Hughes, and I can say that being a player that joined an NHL team for the first time with two regular season games left and then and, and a short playoff run in Philadelphia in 82-83, but it let me have a very different summer preparing for that next year. And... And I think that probably helped Kale McCarr a lot. Now, he was banged up at some points during the year, but this is the longest season that Quinn Hughes has played, you know, and I say that at the highest level, you know, with the NHL. But, uh, yeah, I I think he's still got a real good shot at the Rookie of the Year, and and I think he's a player that's going to be really fun to watch against the Minnesota Wild.
1: So, having said that, you're obviously uh, pumping Hughes tires pretty good there. Do you think Vancouver's uh, a favorite in the West?
2: I do, and, and I and I say this just because I've really never been able to figure out the Minnesota Wild as a team. And like he's the our rest number of us. one.
0: He's our number one landing spot. That's where we want Lafreniere since Ottawa didn't get him.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think that. Yeah, I do think Vancouver is the favorite in that series. I like what Vancouver's done, and, you know, it looks like they got a couple of players back healthy. Um, I like the direction they're going in. I I think that Travis Green has done a great job of coaching that group, and I like their future, and I like them in that series.
1: Now, Pooley, you touched a little on uh, the previous question about preparation and uh, what the playoffs takes. Now, again, I want to get your opinion on with how different this play-in slash playoff um, situation is who do you think the advantage is, uh, is better for? Is it better for the veteran teams where guys have had uh, countless summers of knowing how to prepare their body and under, like, really understanding their body and what they need to do to get ready? Or is it the younger groups who have quick recovery time and just have uh, all that energy and they're ready to go and fired up? Who of, of those two kind of categories do you think benefits more from this big pause in between the season and the play-ins?
2: I've thought about this one a lot, Brandon, because, you know, I could argue both points and strongly. And so then the, the easy out is to point to that middle age group of players, the 24s to 29s, where, you know, physically they're in the absolute prime. They can, you know, withstand a four month layoff and, you know, it doesn't hurt them too much. They they absolutely know how to train the best. They know their bodies the best. They're They've done a better job with their diets. And I do realize the young guys get there quicker, but I I think there's a bandwidth for myself between like 25 maybe and 28 or 29 when the game was just easier all around. And so if that's the case and you're coming back from the hardest, probably the hardest mental layoff, you know, it has been for the rest of the world. Why wouldn't it be for hockey players and so unique and so different and expect the unexpected. Who would handle that best? I'd say that bandwidth, the players. So, you know, look for teams with, with the highest number of players in that group. And it might be Tampa that falls into that category. Um, you know, where, where their key players, Vasilevsky, you know, Braden Point now, um, Kucherov are in that bandwidth and might fit that the best.
0: Could Tampa be a situation where they look at this as maybe the last chance for this entire group? We know they have a couple important RFAs in Anthony Sorelli and Mikhail Sergachev to get signed. And you couple that with the disappointment of last playoffs getting swept in Columbus.
2: Yeah, I could see Julian Briswa shaking things up if things don't go, you know, as they should go this year. And when you talk about going through things, the, the core group of that team has literally gone through everything, guys, from, you know, embarrassing first round ouster last year to Columbus in a sweep to going to the Stanley Cup finals, to going to the conference finals to not making the playoffs and, you know, when, you know, in the not too distant past. And so that's a team that's gone through a lot and I wouldn't be surprised. Don't forget this. The young general manager will be going into a second full year by himself. And if things don't go as you know, they hope they go. I could see him shaking that up for sure.
0: There's uh, one more series that I want to get to before a final question for you. And that is a team that you know very well from uh, covering them as a color analyst in games, Montreal. I don't think it was a surprise that the NHL drew the line, allowing Chicago and Montreal to uh, I'd say pretty big hockey markets uh, to be the final teams, which one between those two, do you think has a better chance of upsetting for Chicago, Edmonton or Montreal with Pittsburgh?
2: Hi, Keith, I go on the strength of the Montreal goaltender if you're looking for the for the upset and you know I still think Harry Price is one of the best goaltenders in the world and I've seen enough of him, you know, through right up through this season to to truly believe that. And, you know, they're healthy and and some of the young players are starting to come into their own. And and I still think Pittsburgh is too loaded up still getting Gensel back and, you know, the two headed monster of Malkin and Crosby. I still think Pittsburgh takes the series, but I think if you're asking me between Montreal and Chicago, I think Montreal has a better chance of the upset because of Carey Price than Chicago does over Edmonton.
0: Yeah, I like that answer as well. It's going to be a fun series to watch. And as, uh, as this goes for Sens fans with out hockey to watch from March 11th, funny that the Sens were actually the last team to play uh, their game against yes. the LA Kings, but it's going to be a long time. So we're going to be following along at, at the hashtag sends abroad because you can make an entire lineup and Pooley, I got to tell you, this lineup would be a cup contender. If, if we took all the former senators that are in this postseason season and can made you afford a, them, you, you <laughs> can literally, I mean, it's, it's actually ridiculous. And that's without San Jose. Like you're looking at a top line of Zabanejad, Hoffman and stone. And it's funny because a lot of these guys are ended up playing together. Like Duchesne and Turris are on a line together in Nashville. Pajot and Broussard are on a line together on Long Island. And you can literally make a full four line team. So that being said, you you better get
2: your checkbook out, Ross. I know. I know it's true. (laughs)
0: Even just in goal, like Bishop and Leonard, you're already looking at like $10 million there and, that's uh, not even to talk about Big Z or a couple other uh, high-priced guys. Nick Felino, the captain in Columbus, for crying out loud. Out of some of those guys that I mentioned, or which former senator do you think might have the best chance to lift the cup
2: this year? Wow. Well, you're testing me now. Who, well, we've uh, got
0: Ennis and Chiesa out in Edmonton. Right. You've got Nemesnikov in Colorado. Those are a couple of guys on, on some pretty – high noted teams chair of course in boston so really the only ones that get canned from this would be pittsburgh montreal oh i've got the list right here how about that st louis and washington are two other teams that wouldn't be included in this basically anyone else fair game
2: well i'll give you one in the east and one in the west then i'll give you Zedano chair in the east and i'll give you mark stone in the west
0: that would be awesome i think Sense fans out of all the rebuild that, that went on and Losing the captain wasn't fun. But I think, honestly, you talk to Sens fans, and Mark Stone was the, the toughest pill to swallow.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that as well and in terms of you know, what he meant and, and the type of player he is. And he makes others better. And you know, I've been on the Mark Stone bandwagon you know, since I got into broadcasting six years ago. So I, uh, I saw a lot in that player a long time ago. And he certainly has earned his mark in the National Hockey League.
0: Hey, talk about a guy with unbelievable celebrations. Could you imagine the excitement if he were to hoist the cup? I mean, and then talk about former senators. Robin Leonard would then be a cup champ. And based on what right. he's gone through the last couple of years, I think Senate fans and, and the entire hockey world would be thrilled with that pick. And hey, how much fun would a Vegas Boston series be, pool? You'd have fun covering that, wouldn't you?
2: <laughs> the celebration would be good either way. I lived in one city and I've been to the other one, and the celebration would be good.
0: Dave Poulin from TSN. I'm sure you'll be on top of everything as we get into hockey, which how much fun is that? We're actually talking about hockey, not about uh, when things could return or how the Hub Cities. I had to mute Hub Cities, by the way, on Twitter. That was just too much for me. But now the players will be arriving. This is going to air Monday. So they've arrived in Hub City, and you can follow along all the TSN platforms. Pooley I look forward to the day we get to reunite on Leafs Lunch. But thank you for joining the Locked On Senators podcast. It was great getting your insight here as we head into hockey season.
2: Yeah, my pleasure, Ross, Brandon. Good luck with everything. Have a great evening.
0: All right. Thank you once again, Dave Poole and the man. One of the best guys going. Really didn't realize how good of an NHL career he had. You always know him as the analyst, but this guy was a perennial all-star. Like over 70 points a few times in the NHL. We mentioned how he wore the C. We're going to get into so much more of this. Pillsy. We got all the insight from Pooley this time. Follow us later in the week. We're going to be dropping an Eastern Conference preview, a Western Conference preview, and then we're going to meet your Sens abroad. You can go to Twitter at Send Central. Put out a thread. Um, spent my Sunday morning in bed with a coffee and really going through a uh, memory lane with a few Senators. Posted a photo of each one as an Ottawa Senator. Uh, just, yeah, a nice trip down memory lane and we'll uh, meet those Senators right before the puck drops, Pillsy, on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I uh, I think out of all the pictures you got in that thread, the, I don't know how you managed to snag that one of Ian Cole. Uh, that was a great one.
0: Yeah, go check it out to see for yourself. My favorite one, though, is that Mark Stone right after his goal against Pittsburgh, the Mark Stone again uh, in that comeback during the Hamburglar run. So lots of good stuff there and uh, lots of great players that have come and gone through this Ottawa organization. And we'll get to all that later in the week. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. I'll leave you with these three words. Hockey is back.